won't make it mad. I got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you lonely? Only a part of this when you choose. Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast, aka the Pod Pod. My name is Jono, coach of the top 3,000 ranked and sliding Nico Hindsight's after a disaster weekend. Uh, joined tonight by my best mate and fellow super coach, Tubes, who had a little bit of a slip on the weekend as well, but not as bad as mine. How are you, Tubes? Yeah, I'm I'm not too bad. I mean, I, I needed that extra week, extra day this week to recover from uh, from, from the weekend that was super coach. Um, I had a, uh, not an absolute disaster, but certainly not, not my happiest, happiest weeks. I think I ended up with about an 1199. Um, I know both you and I are anti-pod Harry, uh, for cool. Not a good week to, to be anti-pod Harry. Not a good week. I mean, we've had some good ones though across the journey, so you can't, you can't win them all. That's for sure. But it was- well, we cer- certainly didn't win that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had... <laughs> 1,190-odd, I got 1,080. It was an absolute disaster. Yep. I slid 1,500 spots in the ranks. So I went from, yeah, 1,400 to literally just inside the top 3,000 now. So how did your ranking get affected? Uh, it, it slipped a little. I'm still in the top 1,000. I'm 954. Nice. Um, so hanging in there and um, – yeah, lots, lots, lots to talk about because I mean, it, it, it. I think it sort of just showed on the weekend that there's still plenty of variation in squads and and teams. Um, so it's yes, still, still a big what five rounds or six rounds to go? Five rounds. Five, five rounds. Yeah, five rounds. Five rounds to go. Well, James, we've spoken about our scores. How about you give us a bit of a Queenstown update? We can see how the other fellas, uh, how the other fellas went this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so. Nice, uh, nice bounce back from the Podfather. So he's 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 finally contributed after a few weeks off, um, just sitting on sitting on the bench. He, he's had a thirteen eighty two, which uh, was the best of, of the group. So Queenstown, it's uh, the Podfather, Dad, and myself versus no, uh, normal uh, other contributors, Dan and Matt, um, and uh, Chris, uh, Jono, yourself, and Chris. Uh, we're each in teams and we take the best score of the week and uh, we're playing really for pride at the end of the year, but uh, yeah, potentially some other things as well. Uh, the Podfather and myself are now 173 ahead of you and Chris with five rounds to go. So uh, Chris had a nice respectable 1282 uh, and Matt had a twelve seventy two again, pretty respectable. But they're eight hundred points back, so they're not really in contention. Uh, still, oh, it's over. I think we just stop talking about them at this point for the yeah. Queenstown bet. Just to stick to the main card, I reckon at this stage. Yeah. So where yeah, Dad and myself are one hundred seventy three ahead of you and Chris. So still, uh, still, you st- you're still within a sniff, I guess. Yeah, hanging in, hanging in there. It only takes one week. Just one big week for you and your old man to choke. What's the Podfather's rank now after that weekend? As he young, good score. 189th overall. Nice. So he's he's climbed right back up and he's got a nice team. Um, he's Yeah, I mean, he's obviously had a good score. He's pretty well set up. He's, he's um, yeah, I think he's looking pretty good for the run home, really. Is he a Val owner? Does he have a decision to make this week? Doesn't own Val. Doesn't own Val, swerved Val somehow. Well, not good for those those weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't spoken to him about Supercoach this week, so I'm not sure what his what his trade plans are. But I know he was looking previously at Teddy. So uh, thankfully he's he's missed that. Um, but he did bring, he brought in big bad Brian Toto a couple of weeks ago and jumped on at the right time. I think when. When we were talking about him a little bit before that Bulldogs game. Yeah, as did Chris. So good good jump on for both those guys. Well, Chiefs, tonight's episode, we're, we're doing it very differently. Normally, we would go through with a bit of a, a positional analysis. And then last week, because the positions and the players are fairly set last week, you guys went through a few of the kind of big burning issues coming into the back end of the year. Tonight, to Tube's mailbag special, we are doing a, a listener 
question special tonight. So brought to you by Mailbag Bloodstock. Outstanding prize, chance to win 2.5% share in a horse. And uh, Chiefs, I believe they've got pretty good form on the board, the, the big fellas at Mailbag Bloodstock. They do. I think they actually had a winner today in in Metro Victoria on the Wednesday. Um, I saw on Twitter that they had a some horse that was purchased for eight thousand bucks off English Digital, and it's and it's had two starts in the last two weeks, and it's won sixty five thousand bucks. Yeah, good. Yeah, they're finding they're finding a few little gems in the rough, diamonds in the rough, probably a better way to put it. <laughs> you can always right. butcher a saying, can't you? Yeah, can always uh, can always yeah butcher an analogy, but anyway, so yeah, uh, but a bit of a spin. I mean, it's Tubes's mailbag, but I think you're going to be hoping, hope, hopefully, asking most of the questions this evening. Yeah, but the people get Tubes answering the mailbag, which is what the people want. They want the the advice from a top one thousand ranked player, mm, top nine fifty five. I like to think of it as. <laughs> What about that, Chiefs? You're missing. Uh, I'll let you vent a little bit. You, in our cash league that we're in, you ended up with easily the highest overall score in our cash league in the regular season. Uh, I think you may be, geez, potentially even 350, 400 points clear of second, and you've missed the top eight in our head-to-head league. Yeah, and it is a big – it's a, It's worth us – I mean, we'll talk a little bit about matchups and maybe some head-to-head stuff tonight because – for those that even don't care about head-to-head, this is the time where all people start getting a little bit interested in it again because it is mm. sort of finals time, even if it is just for pride. But, yeah, in our proper cash league, which you've always mainly played head-to-head, and honestly, normally by this time of the year, I've given up on overall and I've focused purely on head-to-head. <laughs> but this is this has been my best season in, in certainly a long time for this time of the year. Ever. Don't try and... Make out like you've ever gone this well before in a while, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I'm uh, I finished yeah four hundred points clear of the closest. I think you were third off me, and and yeah, I finished ninth over like in the head to heads, which just goes to show how big of a ridiculous you can be so lucky in that head to head matchup swing. Lucky, yes, but also why head-to-head players have an advantage sometimes because you are literally looking at your most important matchups and scheduling to that. Yeah. Like you're, you're not wasting trades where you don't need to. You're playing pods where you need to. There are buy rounds where you can tank because you can see either, okay, I'm gone or my opponent's not in this. So there, there are some strategies you can take up which help with that ranking. So maybe my first – my question to you then, Jono, so you so that, that league's obviously worth a little bit uh, of, of money – and you, you've slidden down outside the top 2,000. Mm. Do you care more about, you know, looking at matchups to win those head-to-head games now each week for the next three weeks, or are you still trying to just finish as high up as you can in the rankings, making the most what you consider the logical decision to get the highest score? Tubes, you know what I'm like. I'm a bit of a weird person when it comes to if my mind is set <laughs> on something, it's set on something. And I said this year, overall was the goal. So, no, I won't make a single decision based on head-to-head, even if it's the grand final. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. too set in my ways and stubborn. When I've said overall for the year, that, that's what I go for. And I, I still want to win the, the Pod Pod uh, Contributors Championship. And I'm, it's still doable. I don't think it's impossible with five rounds to go. You're, you're going absolutely off the rails, which we'll talk about in this pod. You're, you're going crazy this week. I'm struggling. Uh, yeah, so uh, Christ punches Brad. Uh, from from our head to head comp, you li- out there listening, just take note of of that one <laughs> this week. What about Andrew King? Put him in the circus. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler, the juggler's come out at Brookie. All right, well, let, let's get into some questions, Chews, and we'll start with kind of the biggest issues of the week the ones that kind of jump out most clearly. So first question comes from Joel, and he has said, with Val out for the next few weeks, is he a definite trade-out, or do you run a free pass for VC if you have no AE nightmares? What are your thoughts on that, Chibs? Because for me, it immediately jumps out that Val is a sell. What are your thoughts on his perspective of no AE problems, just cop it each week and I get a free shot each week and and take what's in my team? But it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, I'm guessing why not? Uh, like I'm guessing he then doesn't have any nuffs like at all in his squad because like surely you can use enough for that to get a free shot in your team each week. 
But I guess if he's just got 17 players he's really happy with or 18 players he's really happy with, doesn't feel like he has any weaknesses. He's, he's thinking about running that as a play. I personally, Tubes, I think we're leading the same way here based on your tone there. Like, I just think you just make a Valtrade and move on. Well, I mean, basically, it's it, you've got seven hundred and what is he fifty thousand dollars to play with if you've got the trades. Um, I don't think you. Ha- I mean, it, you don't have to trade him this week. It comes down to if you've only got a couple of trades left, and no one's jumping off the page at you to say, "I'm happy with my seventeen enough." Do I have to bring in someone this week? You certainly can wait a week or two. But in, I'd say in the majority of cases, people are trying to, to look at, at what they're doing. The other interesting, I think, conundrum potentially for people is not potentially wanting to run out of trades if they are getting low. I was looking at my team and I sort of had Hame Sele as my third front row forward option. He got injured in the week that I needed him last week uh, when AFB was on the buy and... and um, he hasn't been named and he's out indefinitely. So all of a sudden I've only got two front row forwards. Um, and I imagine there's a lot of people that only have two front row forwards as well. And if you if you use up all your trades and, oh, you know, a front row forward goes down, you basically then have an cop an AE for the rest of the year as well. So it, uh, if you are extremely low, like you've only got two trades left or one trade left, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to get rid of Val um, if you don't need to. Yeah, or even if you just want to take a week to look at some of the options that are around. But I think the end game, I don't think there's any point having – if you have trades left, yeah, I don't see any value in having Val just sitting there for no reason. So i definitely trade him. Not at all. The And center wings is such a big upside. Like you, like that's where you're going to be making your big pod plays and your big swings. Like you need that. You need the, You need some gun center wings. Well, Jubes, let's talk about that then because no one sent this one isn't a question, but it's relevant to both of us as Val owners. What? Who do you think are the best Val options? Are you looking to play it safe or are you looking to go a little bit pottish? What do you like? I think there is a lot of good Val options. Um, there's pro- possibly a lot of people out there similar to, uh, uh, at least myself, but that have Joey Manu um, in their team and, and could still be at 5'8". So getting rid of Val, Manu down, there's plenty of 5'8 options. The Munsters, Walkers, Dillbags, now back. Yeah. Um uh, so if you have that luxury, that that's certainly an option. But I think the the clear the clear standouts for me in centre wing to bring in for Val are if you do not own Greg Marju before this week and he's playing the Dolphins over in Perth, like oh, yeah. you have to get him in. Like as yeah. in he's really highly owned. So he's not much of a pod in that top 1%, but he, he'll just kill you, I think, potentially on the run home, similar to what Ponga has done to people that haven't owned him for, for a few weeks there. Um, I then think that Chance Nickel Klukstad uh, from the Warriors is in the similar boat with their run where the Warriors have. And if you're looking for a pod version of that, you could look at, uh, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak, also from the Warriors, for a similar draw. Chiefs, before you say any other options, can I ask you about those two? Because how do you feel about that as a non-SJ owner? I, I am an SJ owner, so I'm really liking, I'd say, uh, Charles Nickel Cookstad's my my favourite to bring in at the moment because I'm a, an SJ owner. How do you feel about that as a non-SJ owner? You're not concerned that you kind of, if you're bringing in, CNK or DWZ and hoping they're going to get a big score, isn't that kind of backing in a big SJ score? I mean, it's all a narrative as to whatever you want to build up in your own mind, right? Like last week <laughs> I was saying I'm not getting in chance and I'm, I don't have SJ, so I'm just going to lay the Warriors. This week I've actually flipped my opinion on it to think, well, you know what? SJ, I've got Cleary and Nico and I still think I, – I, Whilst, yeah, I mean, I don't own SJ, so do I want him to go well? No. But him going well and getting averaging 80 or 80-plus here on out, it's not the end of the world to me because I I think Nico and Cleary average 80-plus for for the run home as well. So that's sort of much of a muchness. 
do I want do you want to be stubborn enough not to bring in Chance, who genuinely could be because of their run, like one of the top three or four center wings for this final run home because there's such big upside. And and so I flipped on that to go, well, I don't need to double down on just having Johnson and just because I own some South players, I should have to get Graham. Um, I think Chance is the best option because of their run. And I'm actually almost willing to potentially look at doubling down on and not playing every week, but certainly on matchups, getting Chance and DWZ and and sort of running both of them as an option. I get it. I know you're a man who loves the combinations. I just, if there's ever a week where those two get 100 plus, it just feels like SJ is also getting 100 plus. But I, I get it. You, it. you don't want to sacrifice missing. Clearly, might get 150 in that week that he gets 100 plus. Like, yeah. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm matching up Sam Walker against SJ, and I'm just hoping for the best. Like it's yeah. Nathan Cleary or or Nico, and we probably get into that conversation a little bit. So I'm mm. I'm sort of resigned to I'm I'm happy with that to be honest. Uh, you mentioned Campbell Graham. You like him as an option? I think he'll be a massive trade-in option. South's run is is pretty good. Going up against that Sharks left edge this weekend too. Yeah, uh, he he dominated there at the beginning of the year, didn't he? Him and Kolomatangi in round two. That was sort of the beginning of the of it. Not looking was that round one or round? It was round two? one. Round yeah. one. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was an ominous start for the Sharks, and, <laughs> uh, and that's sort of been the way their season has gone. Brian Toll was one that I've seen bandied about a fair bit too. He's not obviously a very legit option, uh, and he's been on fire lately. Base always elite, but it looks like with Cleary back, they're starting to go out to his edge a bit more. Do you think it's a factor all that with Penrith players, and this is an assumption from me, but I think there's a little bit of evidence behind it. I just think they all get rested around 27. Like, as in not all of them, obviously, because they have to field an NRL team, but I think all of those really good players have come through origin. I think they're just all getting rest. I think you can almost consider that a buy for those players. Should that be a factor at all? I think so. I am I'm I think Brian is an awesome option and you would definitely look at him. The, they do play the Storm, uh, Parramatta, Cowboys, whether you consider them hard. I mean, it's the Panthers, so it's probably not. And and they and and they may have a, a rest, as you sort of said. The only thing with Toto, and I think we talked about it, his base just it, like he's certainly not as good an option as Mazu. Um, I think he he scored two tries um, against the Bulldogs and and he turned up. Don't get me wrong, he got 104, and then he basically he scores a try, he gets 80. He scores two tries, he gets 100. Mm. It just doesn't feel like he's he's his ceiling is quite as big as what it used to be, and therefore not as big as someone like a Chance or a. Um, uh, you know, for lack of a DWZ, if you were looking down that road, okay. I guess it depends what your other three or four center wing options are um, that you've got in there at the moment. Yeah, which is two pods I really like that I don't think are as widely discussed amongst that top kind of percentage of ownership, pretty low. Uh, one of them you own, Phil Sammy. You've been quiet on Phil Sammy. You're trying to throw people off the set because he's a genuinely really good option. He had his he had one bad week, I think, since I brought him in. He's he's been averaging. 60 65 and and then he had one bad week last week and then he's he's bounced back with a 99 on the weekend with only one try his base is is ridiculously good um he hasn't scored that on the wing um and he's definitely an option I, the, the the titans draw you, he's good to play on matchups their draw's not amazing they play the panthers and and the storm um mm. On the run home, so you 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 don't want to be playing them probably in those weeks. But other than that, you'd play them against the Warriors this week, Sharks, and then Bulldogs in round twenty seven for sure. Yeah, and you hopefully, like you're at that point of the year where you can be a little bit match up dependent in your teams. Is it worth talking about? Um, like, yes, let's talk about. We've talked about players maybe to potentially bring in. I one hundred percent would not be bringing in Garrick for. Val, if you didn't own him, I wouldn't be bringing in Jermaine Asako if you didn't own him, mm-hmm. and I would. And this may be 
uh, I'm sure people are looking at at doing it, but I wouldn't be bringing in um, uh, Alex Johnson either as a as an option for for Valentine Holmes. I know he's got such a big. I mean, it's I'm sort of potting him. He's coming off what 122. Um, or something like that on the weekend. Yeah, he's had two good weeks in a row. AJ. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be. I'd be. I'd. I. I. I think I wouldn't be bringing him in as a as a as a highly owned player. Um, I'd happy to sort of antipod him. Um, so you're basing all three of those just on ownership. Yes. Like you're yeah. you're antipoding because they're obviously good options, all of them. But you're just kind of looking at it as you wouldn't do it because you don't want to bring in highly owned players who you think you can beat. Yes. Campbell Graham's for the top one percent is currently owned by only ten percent of people. Brian Toto's only owned by seventeen percent of people. Dane Gagai, we didn't mention. Well, he comes up and it will save him tubes. He comes up a bit later. Yeah, but he he's only five point nine percent owned. Um, whereas those ones I mentioned are higher, more high owned than that. Um, and so I think if you're looking for a, a high owned person, um, then uh, I then, then obviously Chance. I'm I'm basically putting up Chance and and Marza was the only two high owned people you go for if they're not already in your team. Yeah, the other one I really like is uh, Zach Lomax. He's been an absolute tear lately. If you just want to go super pod, he's actually at 760k now because he's just been on such a good run. But Zach Lomax is someone you've seen in the past who, when he when he's feeling himself, which he certainly is at the moment. Uh, he can be he can be a very fun player to watch. Maybe I don't know Dragons player. I understand why that wouldn't be the most popular option, but for a super pot of someone who's got big potential, uh, I like Zaki Boy. Lomax. The, the the only thing I'd I'd say to that is their last three games they played the Raiders, the Tigers, and Manly all at Wynn Stadium, and he's and he's gone on a tear. Their next games are Para Souths Melbourne. Um, all away. So I just like I feel like you've missed his run. Yeah, potentially. Fair but enough. he's I mean I'm, he's a massive pod, so you can't really bag it too much. Tubes, let's just stick with center wing and then we'll move away from it because we spent a lot of time on it. But we have another question around center wing uh, from Phil from Cronulla. Uh, Joey Manu, would you trade him to DWZ, Dane Gagai, who you mentioned before, Dom Young, Bradman Best, or would you just hold him? It's a tough watch with him at center in such a shocking attacking side. What's your quick answer on that one, Tubes? I don't think it's worth the trade. Um, as we saw, Val, I mean, I'm guessing Phil from Cronulla doesn't own Val, so he probably doesn't have to worry about that this week. Uh, but with Manu, I just don't think he's worth, I don't think he's worth the trade that any of those options that you'd feel like um, are a much better option for the run home than than Manu. They and I think we've talked about it. they've got a few nice games. They got Manly into Dolphins and they've still got the Tigers left. So Yeah. The draw's nice. And I mean I mean I think it's worth we'll talk about matchups but they played the Broncos. The Broncos defense has almost been up there with Penrith in terms of stopping Supercoach output and before that he had 78 79 92 91 117. Yeah. I was going to say, he's been center for most of the year and their attack's been rubbish all year and he's still been scoring quite well. Like, it's a, it feels a little reactive after a bad weekend, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, get off, get off the, the, the steam, steamboat there, Phil, and, uh, and, and yeah, hold on to Manu. Well, uh, sticking with a Manu question, this one comes from Matt, your brother, regular host of this podcast who can't be on tonight. A little bit of a sooky question. Was selling gay guys said of Manu the right move, or am I okay to still be in a world of pain? I mean, as a results based, it was definitely the wrong move. Like, <laughs> I can't believe he sold Gagai. It was his nice little pod. Like, I mean, I didn't. I, I like Gagai's averaging seventy one, and he's owned by five percent of people. Like, it just seemed like a weird, a weird decision. Um, Wasn't it his way of getting in trail though? I, like, I don't think he did it for no reason. Yeah, but he he could have done. Manu instead of Gagai is what he's saying there. Hmm. Like the anyway. No, I get that, but I'm saying like I don't think the Manu. I don't think that trade is over yet. Like I know it was a shocking start to it, but Manu could come in at 120 this weekend. Yeah. The other one, Chiefs, I reckon in hindsight that you would have liked him for to sell would have been uh, Garrick potentially as well. Something's wrong with Garrick. Is he? He's, is he? Is he busted? Like is he a bit injured? Like he still seems like he's trying really hard. 
And it's not like he, I don't think he's playing badly. It's just something's not quite right. Um, he's put in a few bad scores in a row from a super coach perspective. Has he? He had, I think, what, 88 or something two weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah. Like he's like two, two games ago. I think he's been pretty good. No, he had 55, 69, 50. And, and that, includes, uh, okay. that includes two tries. The 69 was the one I was thinking of. He got a downgrade, remember? He got 80 and then he got down, lost a line break. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, it was that was always going to happen. <laughs> I know. I, I'd forgotten he got that downgrade. All right, well, let, let's move on from centre wing. Uh, let's go to the other big talking topic of the week, Chews, which is uh, Nico Hines' base. So we have a question from Luke. Is Hines to Cleary worth it, or are we backing him to come good? I already have SJ, and I've got five trades up my sleeve. And then, Tubes, let's just jump on that and make it a general chat because there's also a lot of people talking about Hines to SJ. So, basically, would you look at trading Nico Hines to Cleary or SJ, assuming you didn't already have both? There's no way I would trade Nico to SJ. Um, I just don't think it's worth the trade. I mean, I'm not doing it. I Don't get me wrong. I'd love to own SJ for this run home, as we just talked through. I just can't see that it's going to be worth the trade from Nico to SJ. I still Nico's pe- super coach pedigree is just so good. They've had a really bad stretch of weeks, and they are still certainly in top eight contention. So you've got to try and back that they might turn it around. And he really he really hasn't looked good for a few weeks. And other than that Penrith score where he got 22 on the weekend, his previous scores were 86, 72, 109, 156, 129. Yeah. And so he's not playing the Panthers every week. Um, the They play the Bunnies in Perth this week. You wouldn't be surprised if it if it's like a 40 to 30 type game. Um, then they play the Gold Coast, then they play the Cowboys, then they play the Knights, then they play Canberra, which I think will be a must-win game, winner make winner finishes eighth. So I just can't see how you can't think that he's not going to still average 85 in those based on his pedigree. And and SJ, you'd be if you if you said SJ's going to average 85 from here, I think his owners will be cheery. Well, what about then? I agree with you, by the way, on SJ. I wouldn't do it. I know I own SJ, and I'm, I'd be quite happy to leave that one. What about Nico, Nico to Cleary? Because I don't own Cleary. I'm, I'm running the Nico-SJ combination. And I'll tell you what, Chubes, if Val hadn't got hurt and trades weren't a worry, I would be so tempted to do Nico to Cleary this week. Massively tempted. Cleary looks so good, and Penrith are so good. I do think it's a factor as well, like I said earlier. I think Cleary gets sat in round 27. Um, so you also kind of have to factor in if you're an overall player, you might be looking at one less game with those two up against each other. But, geez, it's tempting. Don't know. I, like, you could convince me into that. Because, uh, like, I've, I'd find it so hard to watch Cleary and not own Cleary. It sucks, Tubes. I've done it two weeks in a row now. It's it's horrible. I, Yeah, I wish I had him. You need the trades and you need no other problems really to sort out in your team. Effectively, that's it. Like I think I think that I think that that's a play. If if depending on your team, your number of trades, I think you can do it for sure. Cleary, it's it's been a weird one, right? He's come back and scored 81 and 109. And I know they played the dogs and the sharks and they absolutely dominated them. So this week's a litmus test against the the storm. The way it genuinely wouldn't have shocked you if he got one fifty one fifty the last two games, like either. Like oh, not at been all. So dominant. Um, so yeah, I, I you could certainly. I think the the downside of Nico not going that well is that there's enough there that I, I'd I'd feel more safe with um, going to Cleary than than SJ. Definitely. So do you think uh, in Luke's position, would you do it? What's your final advice for him? I think it depends how many um, trades he's got left. Um, But, uh, I mean, I I don't – I think – I hate this saying, but I really do think it's it's his – he's just got to make his gut call. I wouldn't do it if I was him, I don't think. But I'm not the one having to sit there watch Nico watch um, Cleary play each week either. I think I'd do it if I had three trades left and I didn't have a Val problem this week. I reckon I'd do it. So yeah, I think it's very trade. Oh, you said he has five trades, tubes. Yeah, I mean, I'd do it if I was Luke. I'm just I just brought up Luke's team. Wow, this is very good insight from you, tubes. And he what are what are you looking at? And he he 
he doesn't have too many other problems. Um, so yeah, he certainly, certainly you could entertain, um, entertain Britain doing that for sure. Fair enough. All right. Well, hopefully that answers that question. Well, cheers. We've got a, a few questions come in from Jason and I, I think they are very interesting questions. Good questions from him. Uh, his first one, what do we think about sit versus start when teams play Penrith? They suffocated Nico last week and have the storm this week. Does this have pod potential? as a way of sitting people when there's so many similar teams at the moment. What do you think? Like 100%. I'm not the stats man on this, but they literally do suffocate teams and they have been. I I think um, surely the only people you actually play against Penrith are the absolute premium, premium guns. Like you're not going to sit Latrell Mitchell because they play Penrith, and I know that they don't, so it's probably a poor example. What about Munster? What about for this weekend? No, you'd play Munster. You'd play okay. Munster. So I'd put him in that category. But, but you'd sit Nick Meaney? You'd, yes, you'd, you'd sit Nick Meaney. Perfect example. You'd sit Joey Manu um, if potentially if they were playing them um, and uh, like and then they're not playing them, but you'd sit a chance Nickel Clockstad. So I think it, it I think it sort of depends in in those um, high upside uh, non non quite premium players. Uh, you you got to sit against the Panthers. I also like I said before, like um, again, no data on this, but it feels a bit like that with the Broncos at the moment, doesn't it as well? Yeah, their defense has been awesome. I think they well, they are the second best defense in the comp, but it's improved over the back half of the season. Penrith are conceding twelve points a game, so basically two tries a game that you're hoping that your super coach players get involved in that stuff. Pretty crazy. Let's uh, tubes as Harry Grant lays. We'll, we'll really be cheering on that he can have a bad week this week. But yeah, Brisbane have felt like that the last couple of weeks. But then AJ did get a few line breaks and a try. That was a weird. That was a, that were fake line breaks, weren't they? they like were, that was a really yeah. weird uh, type of score. Line fakes, not yeah. line breaks. Yeah. Um, no, but I do agree with your overall sentiment. They have been suffocating as well. I, I think tubes. Let's just pretend that you're storm coming storm. I'd play Munster. I own Munster. I'm definitely playing him against Penrith. Nick Meany, you'd sit. Harry Grant, you'd obviously play because people are running one hooker. <laughs> sit him and cop the AE, cop Sonny yeah. Luke. Um, and I don't know how many other relevant own players. I have Jerome Hughes, you'd sit if you still own Jerome Hughes for some reason. Well, you'd be happy. You'd be happy after his 150 last week. I'd oh, be very Jerome happy. Hughes. But then you'd sit in this round, I reckon. So... Yeah, no, I do like it as a general tactic. I don't know that Storm, I think that Munster and Grant are just plays this week regardless, but I do like it as a tactic and it's definitely something I'd consider if my players were coming up against them. Yeah. Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! All right, Tubes, uh, jumping in, another question from Jason. Four, he has four trades left. He's asking if it's worth using one of those four trades to nuff out Ben Turbo, who's back in the Manly team this week, thinks he could be a potential AE nightmare and doesn't want to lose the VC loop as an option. What do you reckon do with four trades? Uh, when do the Manly play? Don't have that in front of me straight away, Tubes. That's all right. Uh, they have the first game of the round, so that, that's why it's a bit of a – got to make that decision early. You can't mm. VC someone and see – how the VC goes. I um I wouldn't jump to it. I'd I like if you're like I don't think is there any major like unbelievable VC options that, like that stand out this week? Like um it is maybe I don't know if we're talking VC versus captains. But I think Pong is probably the clear captain option for this weekend against the Dolphins in Perth on um Saturday evening. Um, and so I guess you're you're trying to get a VC in before then, maybe maybe Cleary against the Swarm or something like that. Cleary's strong, but there's nothing that's jumping out to go like it's 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 massive. I I just Don't feel like up. yeah, I, I I my what I would do if I was in that situation is I would wait a week. There's every possibility, unfortunate as it might be, that Burbo gets injured this week because he loves an injury. But there's also every possibility that he's back out of the side um, as well. Like he's so I'd give it a week and see. This is his first game back, I'm pretty sure. So I'd, I'd just wait and see. You, you lose one AE 
nightmare of a, if you had to loop someone this week. Like it's, it, it, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd wait and see. I'm the opposite tubes. I'd four trades left if my team was fairly set, which I think everyone's is at this stage. I'd I'd chop him. Four's I'm, not a lot, Jono, over five weeks. I'm not saying it is, but I think your team's fairly set. Most people have 21, 20, 21 keeper level players. So like even if you do cop a couple of injuries, you can still cover them. I, I think I'd get rid of him. I, I reckon the VC loop is way too important at this time of year. So I think I'd just pull the trigger on that and potentially use the cash to upgrade something else if I needed to later on. Yeah. Like, I get everything you said. It makes a lot of logical sense. Uh, you're probably being more reasonable than me. But I just think that I just think the VC loop's massive at this time. You can be such a separator. And those teams who still have those AE problems, whether it's a Sonny Luke or someone like a Ben Trebojevic or even, to a lesser extent, a Josh Schuster, who does have a bad game in him here and there. Like, I just think they're potential problems for your team. Oh, so... And I'm not trying to call out, but I think I'm looking at Jason's team in in one of our groups here as well. And um, you're, you're loving the bringing and, up the teams, very specific and, advice. And and the like, I'm I'm worried about Nick Meany with the news Pappy's back this week. Yeah, um, good share. He's got so if he if he owns Meany, like you can say 21 good plays. So he, he's got Meany. I think um, if this is someone in the group called Jason, so I think this is his team. Um, Pappy could be back. I don't know what happens there if Pappy comes back. Does he come off the bench? Does Meany go to the wing? But then Warbrick and Coates have been going so well. Like mm. there's enough in that. And I wouldn't play Meany, as we said, this week against the um, – I think he, he might own Dylan Edwards as a fullback, and I hate that. I, I hate that Matt and Dan did it as well. Like I'd be trying to get a, an absolute premium. Like I'd move Ponga down to fullback and bring in um, Cody Walker or bring in another 5'8 or bring in a different gun fullback. I know that like maybe you pot committed, but I guess I'm just saying is there's other options to do with that trade in general. Like as in, and uh, even if this team's not right, I just think it's a waste of a trade to nuff Burbo. Like I think there's you can look at tw- you say twenty one guns and in general I think that most people have seventeen guns and then they've got five or six mid ranges and and you know do they have the right ones to play on match up I think holding trades is worthwhile fair enough yeah fair call well uh, yeah we'll see what Jason does we'll have to find out and report back next week I think you were a little bit more passionate and convincing in your argument than what I was so. You might win that one, Tubes. We'll see. Uh, Jason's final question, the first part of which is, a, as a Rabbitohs fan, hurts a little bit to read. Uh, Souths are a myth. <laughs> Should we really be stacking our teams with their players? They've only won two of their last six and didn't look great against the Tigers last week. Tubes, I have some thoughts, but you go first. Souths aren't a myth. I, I think they'll um, – I still think they'll come good. It was a weird game on the weekend. No, that's for sure. It wasn't um, – it wasn't what you wanted to see, but Latrell for Latrell back. I don't think they're a myth. I still, I think, I still think load up on South is a is a run home strategy. Yeah, and I think Campbell Graham's a serious option this week for people looking to trade out Val as well. Um, and I, I, I still believe in the South draw. I do think there's a bit of concern when you bring in a South player this round. You, you're acknowledging straight up that they at most can only play eighty percent of the remaining games. So there's, there'd be a little bit of concern around that if I was looking to bring someone in now. But I still think the uh, advantages outweigh that personally. What, what's their, what's been their biggest – like I, I was reading something, I can't remember where, that like their, their, their team super coach and scoring is actually a lot better when Totola and Hame Sele are on the field together. Right. And I know Totola's been off for a few weeks. Like, do they just lose that much in their go forward, having to bring in the likes of Moali and um, whoever big, else they're sort of been big playing? Shaq like, Mitchell. Yeah. So, I mean, and so Sele is out this week, Totola's out this week. It might not be the best bounce back week, although the Sharks forward pack has been pretty soft, to be honest, this year compared to last year. So... Um, there might be a little bit in that, and that might be hurting Cook's production as well. But I, I still think that they'll turn it around and they'll get those players back, and and they're still 
worth playing on on matchups for the run home. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't think they're a myth. I think they definitely looked pretty average last week against the Tigers, uh, and I think a lot of that was to the, it was their first time playing together as a full squad really in in ages. So. I think they're going to come good, and I like their draw for the run home. So I'd be still confident having three to potentially four uh, keeper-level players from South for the run home. Have they got rid of Jed? Is Jed Cartwright still playing? I mean, that that's probably one they could just solve some problems there if he just didn't play yeah. any minutes off the bench. He, he floats in and out, Jed. He's definitely not there at full strength, but uh, he, he's often coming in when there's an injury, and he, he's he's no good, big Jed. Not a not a fan at all. He was one. I think Dan pushed him as a buy, didn't he? <laughs> didn't he? About eight weeks ago, when Jed Carroll's name starting centres, Dan Dan had him up as a buy. I'm sure. I I think it was a mention. I'll give it. He he didn't have him up as a buy. It was a mention. He was on the run. He put him on the run sheet. Give it like that was about it. Still, still means he thought he was worth discussing, other than just ragging on him like we've done. All right, Tubes, uh, final question, and then we'll get into a bit of a captaincy-wise, captaincy chat and potential trades for this week. Uh, this one comes from Pat from Carring Bar. Have to trade out Jack DeBellin this week as he's my second front row forward. I have 612K after making that trade. What do I do? I'm leaning towards Reuben Cotter at this stage. So, Tubes, I had a bit of a look at the front row forward options at 612K and under, and it is dire. Like, it is so bad, the front row forward options. I think you've got Mo Fodawaker, who's been fairly solid. He's at 610K. If you want to kind of get the most premium option at front row forward, you can at the price. Uh, but he's got Tino coming back, and I think he scores a minute will drop when Tino comes back as well. Uh, you could go a little bit more... Discount and get someone like a Ruben Cotter and hope that he bounces back to last year's form. Are you seeing anything at all that you like? And what do you think of the Ruben Cotter option as a bit of a money ball play? Does why does I guess my question is, is it seven thirteen K because that's what he's that's what DeBellin's worth? Like can he nuff someone else out and get a little bit more money? Um That's after he's making, I believe, another trade this week. Okay. I would not get any of them. If you can avoid it, I'd try and VC. I'd try and do an AE loop or VC loop. Um, take take the AE, get two, downgrade someone else, and then who's his other front row right now? He would have to run out Joe Tarpanay and Lindsay Smith from Penrith, who's actually been putting up forty five to fifty every week. I'd, I'd, I'd do that, and then I'd and then I'd upgrade to uh, just one of those premiums. Tino's back next week or the I week think after. So, yeah. So, so hold out for Tino or bring in Haas next week and and get the cash uh, from a from enough downgrade or something else. I just can't see why you're bringing in Mo Fodawaker or any, or anything like that. Especially when Lindsay Smith isn't that bad of an option to play compared to someone like he could easily match any of those guys. Mo Fodawaker had 51 on the weekend. Corey Horsburgh had 39 on the weekend. Not that yeah. he's, he's and um. There's no other options that you would consider bringing in in front row forward. I don't mind Chibs. I don't mind the Ruben Cotter call. Like he's been moved back to the bench the last few weeks, uh, and if he has that starting role back, I don't mind him as an option. Like he's clear premium from the past. We know what he can do if he gets the minutes. The other one I don't mind who is ridiculously cheap is Jai Arrow, like super coach gun of the past. Uh, he has obviously his price has gone down because his, his role has been all over the shop. He's been hurt this year. He's going to be starting front row forward for South and Sela and Tatola are out. And I expect him to play pretty big minutes. So I don't hate Joy Arrow as a bit of an option if you feel you have to trade out Jack DeBell into another player this Lindsay week. Smith has got 49-56, 43-55. Like you'd take that yeah, every week for this week and then and then see what you can do next week. I just I wouldn't be rushing. No, I was I was going to say that, Tubes. I was going to say Actually, enough to maybe enough to Bellin this week and then Upgrade Lindsay Smith next week. Run with two front row forwards for the, the run over. Yeah. Just take that risk. Depending on how much trades you've got, obviously, which I think Pat from Cronulla might have a few. He's got a few in the bank, Pat from Caring Bar. A few mm. in the bank. Um, so, Tubes, you, we, we kind of briefly spoke about captains and vice captains just before. What are you looking at doing at this week for your squad? Uh, I have 
the VC as of right now on Ponga. Okay. No, that sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? It doesn't because you still got some good options. Like Latrell plays against the Sharks after Ponga. That's so. That's that's so. So I've got VC on Ponga and I've got C on on Latrell. Yeah, that's that's a, that doesn't sound silly at all to me. And you got Ponga at five eight, so you can obviously do both. Feels like a waste not doing Cleary, but Ponga mm. to me against the Dolphins. Those two, I think, have have huge upside this week. Basically, so they're my t- that so VC Ponga C Latrell. I thought, Tubes, you're the king of the shiny new toy. I thought bringing in C and K or DWZ, you were maybe a chance of going a flyer on one of those guys. What do they play Friday? Yeah, there's a six o'clock game against. Logic dictates what I just said. There's every chance that itchy, <laughs> itchy fingers on, on Friday at 5.59. Do you think you could go C and K or do you think you could go Wateni Zalesniak? For the VC? Yeah, if you, were, if you end up going that area. Uh, Wateni Zalesniak just, just going, scoring, scoring four tries against uh, is it, uh, Cam Pereira. Oh, yeah. That's actually a pretty good matchup. Yeah. Not a bad shout. Loves a misreading defence, Cam Pereira. Yeah. Choose, I, I want to get your advice on what I do because I've got a few little options that I like. I've got Teddy against the Seagulls, who I think is a, a decent option, although that would mean then sacrificing my chance for Latrell as a captain. Uh, Dave Fafita against the Warriors. SJ against the Titans. Uh, Chance Nickel Hookstad. Sorry, against – well, he, yeah, Chance Nickel Hookstad against the Titans. No, because SJ plays for the Warriors. No, uh, Fafita, I thought you said. I, I did, and then I said SJ after that. Yeah, okay. Unless I'm going crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I like all those guys as options. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, surely you just VC uh, SJ. VC SJ, C Latrell, or C Ponga. Yeah, I don't mind it. I also, I really do like Fafita as well. Like, it's just, it feels rare to have a chance for him with the VC. Titans tend to normally play later in the week, it feels like, and I, I don't mind him as an option. So if if your captain option is Ponga and Latrell, yes. or Latrell this week, what does your VC have to get that you would be looping? It's a really good question. I don't have any AE problems. My worst player is probably Pods and Young, who's good for 45 to 50 points. So I would say I would take a 130-plus. So for feed-up, amazing this year, best second rower, blah, 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 blah. Top score is 121. Mm. He has had one, two, three, four, five, six, six scores between 100 and 121, but he's, but his top score is 121. So I just think with your VC, uh, you're, you're really looking for the, the really high, the higher upside um, players. I guess, but you've chucked out SJ, who's I don't think his top score would be much more than Fafita's for the year. Like, same thing, he's had lots of things above 100, but I don't think he's gone, like, nuclear this year. Uh, what's he, 135, best score of the year. A little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it does get over the 130 mark. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, SJ, I yeah, I, d- I don't know. I'd, I think um, I, I I really don't like that Titans left edge attack and defense. Like I think it can be pretty leaky. It really mm. depends. Uh, and uh, they they whilst they played well on the weekend, it's over in they're over in New Zealand or is it at Seabus this this game this no, weekend? No, it's a home game at, for Gold Coast. Okay, so there, yeah, it's it's maybe a little bit. A little bit better. Yeah, one to ponder. But there's, I think there's a few good options this week, so we'll see how we go. And Tubes, your trades this week, your, how how confident are you locking in? You, I think at the moment, Val and Katoa, Sione Katoa, to Chans and DWZ. Did we think that stands by kickoff on Friday night? Probably not. That's what I'm looking at at the moment. It feels way, It feels very... Ultrapod. My other option is uh, Munster instead of um, uh, DWZ, which is probably the safer move. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's the two. I'm making two. I'll be only left with one trade left then for the complete run home after that. So um, I'll be, yeah, uh, hoping that I don't get any injuries in the front row forward or 
basically anywhere else. I I mean I I feel okay about that. And it, it whilst it does seem risky, I only have two nuffs. So I'll have twenty three players for that sort of run home with one trade. Um they're not twenty three guns because there's still a couple of players I'd prefer not to play, but they're not complete AE nightmares either. Yeah. Nice. Well I think I'm I'm looking at Tohu Harris to Payne Huss this week. And Val most likely to charge Nickel Cookstad with a chance that I go to Campbell Graham. That that's what I'm eyeing off for me at the moment. So hopefully that all works out and I can have a bit of a bounce back week. Start making some ground back on you. Payne Haas. Is that how many front row forwards do you have at the moment? Uh I have well, Tohu's my third. Is that not a bit like a waste of a trade for right now, like compared to saving the trade. I um like don't get me wrong, he's he's they got the buy coming up, like so he's 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 a guaranteed to miss one of the next five games. Yes, you'd play him this week, um, but who who would your other bench player be that 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 he's replacing effectively? You're obviously not playing Tohu. Who's who would who's he sort of taking out of your squad? I just feel he's just he's he's again he's just a bit meat and potatoes. He's not getting he's not meat and potatoes. That's really he's definitely not that at all. But he's he's not he's not going huge as an upside play. It feels a is it a waste of one of your final couple of trades? It feels a little luxury. I I see your point there, Tubes. And in terms of who would I be sitting, I'd be probably if I bring in him to play. I'll be looking at sitting Herbie Farnworth, Jermaine Hopgood, or Cam Murray. So oh. good option. Good op- oh, and I've yeah. got Hudson Young too. But to me, Hudson's like a guaranteed sit. Yeah. You know, he played break glass in case of emergency. Um, so they're the blokes who I'd be tossing up, playing him in front of. Um, but at the same time, she was Tohu Harris. His minutes have been pretty down at the Warriors, and he's losing a lot of value. And for me, it's just a case of do I just want to keep him leaking out value or do I just eliminate that trade now? You're right, though. It does, as, as you were saying it to me, and as I said it later, it does feel a little luxury. It does. I mean, yeah. It. I mean, you've got Valder Chance makes you 60K. It just comes down to how much money you've got in the bank then. Because what's Tohu going to leak? Another 50K at worst. Mm. If you can still afford to, in two weeks' time, do Tohu to, to, to pass, it just – like why pull the trigger right now? Yeah, no, it's it's fair. Something I should probably consider. It's a it's a fair call. I'll see how I feel about it. Come Friday night, you put a little bit of doubt in my mind there. I feel like that's all I've been doing is judging other people's teams tonight and putting doubts in seeds of doubt into their trade plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you've been on a bit of a tear, but I suppose you can look down at us from the top nine hundred and ninety-five. So fair play to you, um, Tubes. I think that's just that's dust done and dusted for tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Beauty, well, good luck to everyone for this weekend, Tubes. Thanks for a bit of a super coach chat and uh, good luck, Tubes, with your head to head finals. Oh, hey, wait. Never mind. Hey, there's a prize for the for the bottom eight winner. <laughs> <laughs> Best of the rest. All right. See ya. See you, Tubes.